Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined in studio by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Tim Lee. Tim, we are reconnected again. It's either I've been out, you've been out. Yeah, good, good to good to be back with you, Tim. The love connection is back, right? I love it. Uh, G. Hey Buckets, how are we doing? Yeah, speaking of love connection, congrats to Naomi Osaka. That's right. There. Okay, yeah. First kid. Congrats to awesome. her taking taking that year off to be a mom. So that's love that's awesome. That. Yeah. And congrats to you, Jihei, because everybody that I've heard is picking the Giants to already win. So congrats oh, dude, for I, making well, it to round two. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not jump the gun here. We are getting, we're not favored in this game, I know. So, which I find hilarious. But um, it's also in Minnesota. So again, just Is it because the Vikings can't? win decisively i mean they've won 13 games but 10 of them right have been last second or last play of the game kind of they showed a stat during the texans and colts game this week of the worst first three quarter point differential and the bottom three were the texans the bears who are the bottom two teams in the league and the vikings amazing and i think the vikings were actually like second in between those two how does that happen you track these things i mean the fact of the matter is they do come back and win so i'm assuming that they have one of the better fourth quarter more i mean if they're that bad in the first three well yeah but i think it does mean something if you find a way to win i mean they've won 13 games this season right i mean they've had some of the two, like they, they have two of the most crushing losses of yeah. any kind of contender, but I think offensively they'll they'll still be a threat, right? So like for me personally, I still think they're the favorites to win. They're at home, obviously, which yeah. This year in particular, home field has been a little bit more of an advantage than usual, and Minnesota still has Justin Jefferson. So like I don't know how you're supposed to uh, uh, defend that guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I trust. Trust me. I in in Dabo, I trust man. Yeah. In, like I just. And if we don't, if we don't make it past this round, I'm not going to be disappointed like other Giants fans. I'm going to be, but I did. I'm not going to lie to you. I did. Boyfriend just got back from Vegas. I did put a bet down for them go. to advance. So, All right. how yeah. and where will you be watching it? Um, I unfortunately have to work. Okay. So. It's the first playoff game since 2016, Jihei. It's, it's time to get a shift covered because you, des- <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> well, thank you, but no. Um, I, however, I did talk to um a buddy of mine, and he said if we make it to the Super Bowl, I don't have to pay for anything. We're there going. We go. Wow, are going. So I there like that. Everybody, knock on wood. On <laughs> I that do one. remember, uh, you know, the uh, Giants when they beat the Patriots. That was the Phoenix Super Bowl. Oh, yep. uh, so yep. you know, I'm, I mean, it's just it's destined Crazy. to be right. Phoenixes are, are Phoenixes are spots. Yeah. So if that does happen, then are you on board with bringing Danny Dimes back? Because I know that you no. said, oh come on, no. takes you to the Super Bowl. I don't care. Like Brandon with Jimmy G. Dabble like to for Brandon Super with Bowl. Jimmy G. Like he yeah. leads you to the Super Bowl. You have the lead of the fourth quarter because you don't win that game. It's like, oh my God, give us Trey Lance, give us anybody but yeah. Jimmy G. I, I, 
I mean, if he if he really performs like a stud and he gets to the Super Bowl, you can't have your opinion swayed. No. Wow. No. I'm, I'm no. on the same boat. I don't no. think he's a, a a quality quarterback. No, I'm I'm good. I gave him three years. That's that. And then the let third me ask year you this, he... Buckus. You've had some pretty bad quarterbacks during your time with the Bears. <laughs> if they somehow <laughs> snuck into the Super Bowl and lost, would you say I'm going to ride with this don't guy? Don't you like, hear what I say about Mitch Rex Trubisky? Yeah. 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 Yeah, right. yeah, it's not easy yeah. to win me, or it's not hard to win me over. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like Rex Grossman, that defense was amazing yes. that year. But I also think that. You know, having a game manager that doesn't turn the ball over that's smart, which is not Rex Grossman, no. by the way. But having that guy is a stabilizing force as well. Like, it's it's a calming presence when it's the same guy, and you know that he's good enough to get you. Like, Eli. Eli is yeah. a good example of that. I think he was a little bit better than that. I but, think he is as well. But, but, yeah, I mean, again, two of the more historic runs, when you talk about a team that didn't really have a great regular season goes into the postseason and then goes on the road and beats Green Bay or the Cowboys or Tampa Bay. I mean, like came out of nowhere. This Giants team would kind of be in that same class where no one's yeah, been talking card. about them. Exactly. Wild card team. No one's been talking about them. Their sweet um, spot. By the way, we do have a site. If it is a Bills-Chiefs conference championship game, it will be in Georgia. It will be in Atlanta, Georgia. That There was some talk about Los Angeles, uh, although what happened at SoFi. And again, it's mainly because of the storm. SoFi was not in the mix. Las Vegas not in the mix. Makes more sense. Again, travel-wise, if you're in KC, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, it, that game will be in Georgia. Um all right, so we do have to talk about some of these playoff games. The one in particular uh, that's most uh, pertinent to us here in Southern California is the Chargers. Chargers and the Jaguars. We still don't know what's going to be happening with Mike Williams. The Chargers are getting healthy, though. I mean, if they find a way to win and don't have anyone hurt against the Jags, they have some players coming back that would be healthy for the following week in the divisional round against the Chiefs and KC. Uh, Tim, I'll start with you. Yep. Uh, listen, we we the Chargers-Jaguars game at the beginning of the season, I'm going to throw that away because I was at that game. Herbert should not have been playing, was not healthy. In fact, it was... Like, I don't know how bad Chase D D D Daniels has to be, but it was basically... <laughs> It was very clear in the first quarter that Justin Herbert should not have been playing. Brandon Staley kept with them. They lost by 28. I think it was a blowout. It was not even close. I'll throw that out. But again, this game is in Jacksonville, according to Circus Sports. The lines fluctuated somewhat, Jihei, but you know, it's gone from a point and a half to right. pick them. Tim, your th thoughts on that game? I think, I think the question won't be about the Chargers, right? Consistency, we already kind of know what this team's makeup and identity is. Yeah. But like, at, even at the end of the season, people were still wondering what the Jaguars' win conditions were. Like, what is this team's identity? Yeah. They have a run game, but then they go away from the next game. They have Trevor Lawrence, but then all of a sudden he doesn't look very good. And then they have, like, a bunch of receivers who clearly are very talented, but then there's never one guy who can consistently put together a string of, like, games that look like that's the alpha, right? Like, yeah. but so I just don't know what the Chargers have to be afraid of. This is a defense that on paper should be arguably one of the best. Yeah. If not the best, right? Like I know there's gonna be a lot of Niner fans that will say like, oh, but that's the, that's an all generational team. But the Chargers have a great team on paper on their defense and they're getting healthier, right? Because they're getting Bosa back and they're getting Slater back on the offensive line. Exactly. So I don't think the question will be whether or not the Chargers can keep up. Or like if they're the, the the questionable team, I think it's going to be whether or not the Jaguars can put together a complete game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, watching the Jaguars play the Titans, they ha they needed a defensive touchdown down the stretch to beat Tennessee, and it just felt like this team 
is it's not imposing, I guess. And obviously, they're a nine and eight ball club, so you don't you don't assume them to be. But if I, I agree with you, Tim, if I'm the Chargers, I'm looking at it like if we just handle our business and do what we're supposed to do, we'll be fine. Now, if we you know start to turn the ball over, Herbert's not secure with the ball. Um, then it's a completely it's a toss up, and that's where the Jaguars' defense, which has been stepping up a lot recently, that's where they can excel. But watching that Titans game, it was what sixteen to thirteen, and they're struggling to put away Tennessee, which right. was supposed to be you know one of the worst teams. One of the worst. By the way, teams. the officials probably technically made the correct call, but I've never seen a more forward looking. I what I, yeah. I here's my thing. Like in a situation like that, if the ball, if, if the hand is moving forward, if the arm is moving forward, if the ball goes forward, I mean, like, let the players decide on the field. I mean, it, it, it was a ridiculous, you know, fumble, right. pick six. And they didn't make a big deal out of it either. They were just like, yeah. It a- was the quickest <laughs> yeah. review yeah. of a major game-changing yeah. play I had ever. They were midway through the instant replay on television when the officials confirmed that. Oh, I was like, <laughs> What what just happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, generally speaking, in a situation like that, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna, I'm, I want the game to d- d- decide itself. And again, hand going forward, the arms going forward, the balls going forward. It may have been a fumble, but come on now, that was, that was just such a terrible call. And also, Trevor Lawrence is, he has obviously tremendous moments, but in a game like that, I want to see him do more. In this game, I, I, not, I don't really want to see him do more because I'm actually rooting for the Chargers, but in terms of greatness, right, you want to see these guys put the team on his shoulders. And now, although that wasn't a playoff game, it basically was a de facto playoff game. So now I don't want to hear about the nerves and all that, the jitters. This game is a game where Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence should showcase himself in a big way if he's, you know, uh, the the next guy. Yeah, uh, but he's also still a he, he's still only what like two years in. I yeah. still want right? to see something. So like yeah. you kind of still got to give him, even though you're right, he should be he should be playing at that elite level, right? Because he is. He is touted he as a is, generational. Yeah, he is a generational. Like we're never we're not going to see a kid like this again. Kind of talent, but. I still, I still say you got to give him a little time, man. Like he's not used to like first year, not used to losing at all ever, you know, and then he goes in the league and he does nothing but lose. And it's not necessarily his fault, but you know, you have to see the progression. You Jacksonville, I think is one of those teams that like we are going to see for a minute in, in the playoffs. Right. So like, just because if they lose this one doesn't mean that we're not going to see them again kind of thing. So like, I'm not going to be disappointed if he gives it his all and they lose. I want to see flashes, at least flashes of that brilliance. If it's just a, you know, a game where he looks average to mediocre, then mm, well, I want to see a little bit of, you can't necessarily just because ha- football is the ultimate team sport, right? So, I mean, are we, we have to put more pressure on that line, right? We have to put more pressure on, you know, all the other elements that he has to deal with as well, right? You can't yeah. just necessarily put it on the quarterback. Very true. I mean, personally, I think even with Lawrence plays well, which I think he will. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's played well all year. It's, yeah. it's really mostly the inconsistency of the game plan. I don't think it matters. I think the Chargers <laughs> are a top three team. I think I've been saying it yeah. forever. Yeah. I've been waxing poetic on him. So it's like, to me personally, like, it doesn't really matter. This is a foregone conclusion. Yeah. If they do well, they've already were a feel-good story. I'm glad they made the playoffs. They weren't supposed to make the playoffs, right? A lot of people thought the Titans were supposed to make it, but then yeah. they had their injuries, and then they had, like, a bunch of their other things that, like, cropped up. Obviously, having Tannehill in there for the rest of the year didn't help them because 
Malik was definitely not the answer. No. And then they had these Joshua Dobbs who like hasn't been in the NFL in like three years. Practice squad players. <laughs> the Lions. So pretty tough. I mean, obviously they got out of that division, but that's probably one of the weaker divisions. And oh, so the sure. Chargers coming in, they should be favorited. I don't really care where they play. Yeah. What I was concerned about, like, are they going to be, are they going hit, to get hit by the, the, the Chiefs curse again? Because if the Chiefs go through, which a lot of people think they're going to go through in the first round, that's the matchup, right? It's going to be Chargers, Chiefs once again. You are talking about a team in the Chargers that are not, not afraid of the Chiefs, right? Of course. They're a divisional yeah. rival. Mm-hmm. I would argue if Herbert does not get hurt in that game against KC, they, 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 they probably win that game. So it, it, it's not a match. I think there are some teams in the league that are like, oh man, it's KC, it's Arrowhead, it's Patrick Mahomes. They're used to this. Exactly. They, they actually want to play that game. So we'll see how that pans out. Do want to give an update on Las Vegas, their quarterback situation. D- Derek Carr, again, d- did not get a chance to say goodbye. Took to social media to say his goodbye. May address the public in person at some point. But this is the most fascinating story going into the offseason because there are two transcendent quarterbacks that may go to Vegas this year that, that, that at least have been tied to Vegas because of the Devontae Adams, the Aaron Rodgers connection is there. And because of Josh McDaniels, the Tom Brady connection is there. Um, again, you're talking about two players that are kind of t- towards the end of their careers with Tom Brady. I mean, it's amazing that he's still playing. But again, if you're the Raiders and you're looking for a short-term fix at quarterback, do you go Tom Brady or to Aaron Rodgers? Um, is there a neither option? Whoa! Whoa. Wait, come on, Tom Brady. Or, I mean, you're not. Ta- By the way, these two guys are not done. I, I think that they, you know, listen. I, Tom Brady at some point will smack against the wall and will be done. But okay. he's playing a playoff game on Monday. I think he'll probably win that game. And I say that as a longtime <laughs> Cowboys fan. I'm you should have more faith out. in your team. They've you know, never beaten Tom Brady. He's also realistic, though. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Like you got to give it to a rush. He's not like a normal Cowboys fan where they're. they're no, not, he's I'm like GA is with the Clippers. I mean, yeah. GA's seen this enough. Where like she's like, listen, if they're up three one in a series, she's not happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, wait, are you being serious? Like you don't yes, like I'm being you wouldn't want either one. Listen, here's the thing: they will draft a quarterback. Uh, CJ Stroud is is mm-hmm. is rumored to be a guy that they would want to draft. So you're gonna. I mean, who would you want to be your quarterback next season and also to help along the young quarterback that they draft? So I think that saying, is you, what you, they you're, will you're do. You're treating it, obviously, they're not treating it like a gap year, right? So, like, if they do- I think when I say a gap, well, I mean, I don't think you start a season with Tom Brady and you think you don't have a chance. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, you think they just want automatically, because they do want to contend. I think, for so sure. Those two would automatically put them in a contending ship. Yeah. But they're just not going to do anything because, like, this is not just Tom Brady's worst year. Tom Brady just doesn't look good. He has the same release point. It's the same speed, but the ADOT and the targets, they're all off. Every single pass he throws to a deep man is completely off. Like he has no accuracy when it goes back, like past 15 yards, which was supposed to be bread and butter for him. He's missing every pass, right? I think you're also, uh, sorry. I think you're also missing the, um, the fact that he, he mentally, he's there. He's still mentally there and he can like transition that over. It's not always about stats. And no, this is but what, this is my issue with playoffs. That's it. Mentally, you could be great, but then if physically it doesn't come through, then what does it matter? I mean, you could be like, oh, I can visualize myself throwing this forty-yard pass to Mike Evans, but if you are fifteen yards short every single time, and you're physically incapable of like providing the offense that you're supposed to provide, it doesn't matter. He has all the weapons. The same team is there, right? The offensive line was only a little bit banged up. Only the only issue was on defense. And for some reason, the guy can average 13 points a game. So, like, I don't know. Uh, you could say whatever you want about him. He's immortal. He, to me, he's the best quarterback alive. 
Uh, he's no longer the best quarterback alive. You could say you could say a little bit differently by Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers has some weird issues with his receivers and trust, right? Yeah. It's like some sort of strange mental thing about him that for the I first know. seven games, he didn't trust his own receiving core. That was a weird story. And then all yeah. of a sudden, his and receiving core. Pre- preseason Yeah, exactly. Too. It's yeah. the best receiving core he's ever had all of a sudden because Christian Watson, he's like, oh, this is my guy. It's like, this has always been your guy. You just have to trust the guy to at least provide you some sort of offensive spark. So... For him, maybe it's the mental thing, right? Like, if you say Brady has the mental thing down pat, the other guy doesn't have the, the mental thing down pat. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to heavily disagree because Tom Brady is just, he's a, as Brandon would tell us, he's a winner, man. He's just, <laughs> that that guy can just, I don't know, he can throw it out of thin air, and when it comes to the playoffs, he's consistent. So I I would take Tom Brady like over Rodgers all day. I like day. the talent that he's going to be, pay- like, I, yeah. whoever they get, you're talking about the Devontae Adams as your primary Yeah, but the Bucks receiver. have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they had, they had, Otten, great. They have Lenny. They're legitimately better than the Raiders are. And he just, they were an eight and nine team. Yeah. And like there were games where it was just like, should should they have won this game or did the refs kind of help them out a little Mm -hmm. bit? I know everything about Brady. I watched him for 11 years, right? Like I watched him his his entire career as a Patriot. So I do know how good he is with good personnel. And I know how good he is with bad personnel. And it doesn't change. This year was a lot different. Because everything physically looked like it was on point. But when he threw the passes that he was supposed to do past 15 yards, which was supposed to be his like deep ball, that was just no longer there. Yeah. He had one game where he was legitimately good, providing that same kind of spark with Evans. And the whole year he missed that connection. You can't, how do you miss a guy like Mike Evans? Like The guy legitimately hits every single deep ball and every single 50-50. Like he's absolutely talented. So like I don't know. Personally... If, if it was up to me, like the, between those two, it'd be it'd be Rogers. Rogers still at least physically looks like he's there. Yeah, I mean the mental man. You like you, he's just he he finds a way to just make it about himself and not make it about the team. Right. That's so, why like, my that's, answer is neither. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> before we uh, before we go to break, as I I do want to bring this up, we haven't had Tim Lee in, and because we haven't had Tim Lee in, I've been talking about the Lakers being only two games <laughs> out of the six seed. Forget, forget the play-in tournament. Yes, the play-in tournament's all well and good, but you're now only two games back of the six seed. Forget about the play-in tournament. If they could get to Anthony Davis back, and again, he's beginning to make the process of coming back at the end of the month, maybe at the beginning of next month, if LeBron continues to play like this. If they make some kind of a trade, some kind of a tweak, some kind of a move to get a shooter, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a playoff team. I'm not saying this is a championship team, but I think this is a playoff team. We, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think Armand wants to, uh, to say this too, but I haven't been, like, combative about it. I've just been trying to be as realistic as possible about how bad this team has looked. And they have. They have looked, like, terrible. But I also said that the December stretch was incredibly important for the season, and they did really well. Road games were really well fought. They were, like, legitimately in every single game that they, they should have been. And they even had like a lot of games against contenders that they honestly showed out. So yeah, of course, like anybody's going to be scared about a LeBron AD team together, especially if they're playing like on all cylinders. And if you add in a couple role players, they probably don't even need role players. Most of the time, people are just going to be scared about those two together yeah. in general. So yeah, of course, if they make the playoffs, that's a team to be feared for sure. Yeah, I, I cannot wait for this homestand because we're about to learn a lot about this team. Dallas tonight, Philadelphia, Sacramento. The Rockets game won't teach us much. And then Memphis at the end of it. I mean, when you look at those five games, there's four tests in there. And they should pass the test tonight against the Mavericks. You should beat that team. 
I know that you like Dallas, Tim, but I, I think the Lakers, even without Anthony Davis, they should be able to win that game. Philly on Sunday will be tough, yeah. but if you can beat that team without AD, talking. then we're really talking. And at the end of it, I'm really looking at that Memphis game. Because if you're in the playing mix and Memphis is in like the one, two seed, potential first round matchup, and if you beat them and send a message, by the way, I think we all remember that game last year where the Grizzlies came into uh, Staples. And what they did is they basically, that was kind of their, the first time I really remember them really puffing out their chest. And LeBron kind of, do you remember that game, Mirage, when LeBron kind of checked oh, yeah. Morant and told him, yeah. hey, keep it quiet over there. And <laughs> the Grizzlies just kept on like talking their smack. Yeah. So it's going to, LeBron doesn't forget those things, by the way. That's going to be a big time game. I'm looking forward to it. I really think this is a potential why not four and one, five and zero oh homestand? Five and zero. Oh the key, stand. okay. So the key Potential. there, and I'm not going to have a parade over this, but the, the day that they get to 500 and the day that they get one game above 500. <laughs> yeah. It's by the way, when you look at how this team started, what, what were they like? Going, I mean, they were really bad to start. The, two and ten. Two. two and yeah. Seven. So if if you talk about them being a 500 team, if you talk about them being one game above 500, one game above 500 right Big now, deal. as we sit here today, is the sixth seed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, and that's all. I want. I just want them to have a chance. This team was built for the playoffs. Again, they missed the playoffs last year. I, I listen. I'm of course. Gha knows. I'm always glass f- half full, totally full. We'll see what happens. All right. That's all the time we have on this particular segment. Let's. Uh, we, we're going to be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton when we come back on the Mighty 1090 in Southern California, the Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune, all in the mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, just, a, just as a reminder. If you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and join our good friend, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing well, uh, Nick. Uh, we were at the college football playoff national championship game, unfortunately, on Monday, uh, sixty-five to seven. <laughs> Not exactly what 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 we thought. Uh, certainly, when you looked at TCU this season, they only had one loss all year by one foot. You know, it, it, you uh, you expected them to put up a fight, uh, Nick. Your your thoughts on that college football championship game? I mean, I thought it was Georgia against Long Beach State. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looked like. Uh, it didn't look like a Division One program at all. It looked like Sonny Dykes had been still coaching Cal with Jared Goff. Uh, it, didn't, <laughs> it did not look like the Sonny Dykes that we had been accustomed to all season long, as you mentioned, uh, you know, with, with those guys on offense, defense. I mean, Max Duggan was a, Max Duggan was a, 
you know, Max Duggan was a candidate for the Heisman Trophy. Um, he looked absolutely putrid. Um, that Georgia defense is just that, that Georgia defense has been absolutely dominating all season long. And most of, a lot of times, I should say, carried that Georgia team and made sure they remained number one, especially in those tight uh, when they had a few tight games this season uh, that carried them over the hump, especially in the uh, the uh, semifinal against Ohio State. And obviously, they were one kick away from remaining in Athens and not coming to Los Angeles. So. Uh, I think the Georgia Bulldogs learned a lot. I think Kirby Smart learned a lot from that that lesson against Ohio State. Um, you had a 45-year-old quarterback who probably is the oldest guy on the field. Um, <laughs> That's kind of rude to Stetson. You know, <laughs> hey, you know what? Listen, man, my man's trying to qualify for like ninth year you know, eligibility. <laughs> but, you know, he played an incredible game. Um, you know, he was very poised. He was mm-hmm. He was in his own. Uh, he spread the ball around. The offense was, was very fluid. Defensively, they made sure that that uh, TCU, you know, couldn't really get a, a, a really solid rhythm going uh, to, to finish out drives, whether it be penalties, whether it be sacks uh, that, they, that TCU accumulated over the course of the game that prevented them uh, from being successful on the field. I mean, it was just, it was, as I say, it was an ass-kicking of epic proportion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was terrible it was basically done in the first half first quarter people were heading for the exits uh in the third um all right i just got some updated uh lines here from circus sports heading into wild card weekend want to get your thoughts on a few of these games uh, tim you as well uh san francisco favored by 10 over the seahawks jaguars chargers still pick them right now bills 10 and a half over the dolphins vikings Favored by three over the Giants, as J.H. will remind you, the home team usually gets a field goal. Bengals, six and a half over the Ravens, and then big Monday night game. The Cowboys, for some reason, are favored by two and a half over Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, listen, uh, Tim, we talked about the uh, Chargers game. Nick, I'll start with you. What, what game on the board do you like? Honestly, I would love to see... Um you know, Cowboys and Bucks, and as well as uh, 49ers and Seahawks. I think those are going to be two interesting games. Um, I think, one, when you look at the entire landscape, they're going to be great games. You talked about Minnesota and the Giants. Um, you know, Minnesota is, is real tricky and streaky. You never know which Minnesota team is going to show up, um, especially against the Giants. I don't believe that Daniel Jones is built to win or the Giants themselves are built to win two playoff games especially on the road, because even if they do decide to defeat the Minnesota Vikings, they have to go on the road uh, at Philly in the playoffs. I don't think they're beating Philly at all. Sorry, right. G.A., uh, but they're just not. <laughs> no, uh, I, I agree with you. I think, I, you know, I agree with you. I don't think that we're going to win like uh, we're, think, we would ever beat them. Yeah, I think and you look at, you know, when you look at, um, you know, Cowboys and Bucks, even though Tom Brady is 7-0 and all-time against the Cowboys, you know, we don't know which Tom Brady's going to show up. Mm-hmm. He's been very, he's been, he's been, you know, inconsistent at times. Uh, frustrated, obviously, with what's going on in his personal life as well as what's been going on on the field. Um, the Cowboys, damn it, are accident waiting to happen. You don't know which Cowboys team is going to show up. Dak Prescott has looked impressive at times, and a lot of times he's looked like absolute hot garbage. Um, you know, and so it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see which Cowboys team shows up in order to, to keep, uh, keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, 
I still don't believe in the Cowboys at all. Um, and then, like I said, Niners and, and Seahawks, um, I think the Niners are just on a mission. I think their defense is definitely going to do a lot of their carrying and their heavy lifting. But, hey, listen, I, I love this kid, Brock Purdy. I think that there's, there's a lot of mystique, but there's a lot of confidence around this kid. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan has done an incredible job preparing this kid uh, for, you know, big stages and big stages to come. And I think this team has rallied around him. You, you still got CMC, Christian McCaffrey. You still uh, had Debo Samuel. Uh, you, you got George Kettle. Uh, you got some, some huge playmakers on offense, nice offensive line. But then on the defensive side, my God, Nick Bosa and company. I mean, good Lord. Who the hell wants to see them on a dark, down a dark alley? I don't. Uh, so uh, imagine them on the football field. So um, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun playoff games to watch uh, this coming weekend. And um, looking forward to, to watching some good football. I'm not surprised at Cincinnati against the Ravens because Lamar Jackson is not going to end up playing. Uh, which does not play well for the Baltimore Ravens in their future. But also, too, Cincinnati's missing one of their key offensive linemen as well. So that's going to be interesting to see how they're going to be able to rally and who's going to step up in that place uh, to make sure that Joe Burrow remains upright and keep the chains moving down the field. I don't even think it mattered if Lamar was playing. I think the Bengals are just way better than the Ravens. The Ravens missing, obviously, their big deep threat with Rashad Bateman. That's been like the end of the season. Because they don't draft wide receivers most of the time. They have tight ends and they have fullbacks, right? So... If your best deep threat is Isaiah Likely, you're likely going to lose most of your game. So, like, it's it's just difficult. I, I thought I thought it was funny. You mentioned like Seahawks and Niners being an interesting game. You're just saying it specifically because you want to watch the Niners do well, right? Because there's nobody on planet Earth that probably thinks the Seahawks have a chance. Hell no! I'm, I, it's not even five <laughs> o'clock yet. I haven't been drinking. Uh, but what I will say is this: you know, I think see, I I, I I'll be interesting to see what. Seattle does not just for this game, but in the off season as well, because mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot of question marks uh, that are going to take place. So it'd be interesting to see how the Seahawks handle, you know, everything that's going on, uh, going to Levi stadium. I think the Niners are going to crush them by 10 and maybe more than 10. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a fair line, especially with the way that the Niners have been playing as of late, especially by having a quote unquote, you know, with the, with, 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 with the uh, football world considers a reputable quarterback. They don't have a, 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 a you know, a, a, a Joe Burrow. They don't have a, a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes type or a Lamar Jackson type quarterback. They have a serviceable quarterback. Well, that's more than serviceable. Really well. That's more than serviceable. Geno's definitely more than well, serviceable. Well, uh, nah, relax. He, he, <laughs> he's serviceable. Let's, let's not jump the gun. Relax. That's, that's your uh, most improved he, player. That's your most improved player. He's not winning the Super Bowl, sweetie. <laughs> that's most improved player this year. How many, how many NFC championship appearances yeah. does he have? I'm not okay. going to say. I'm just okay. saying he's your most improved player. I didn't say anything else but facts. <laughs> it's okay. He's, he's I'm just saying. Well, yes. You, you, listen, don't lather this dude up and start the I'm ball washing. I'm, 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 well. I'm just telling you really? what he's going to be. He's going to be the most improved player. Know what he's going to be? Are you, uh, if that's the case, give me the lottery numbers because you're going to make millions in the billions now. So let me know what the lottery numbers are if you if you can see that far I mean, in the future. When, when he wins it, what are, what are we what are we talking here, Nick? <laughs> when he wins it, yeah. When he uh, wins okay, it. all right, all right. Yeah, well, you know. 
All right, let's. Uh, win, let's win, win. <laughs> right. yeah, I don't think Nick's making that bet. No, no. Uh, listen, let's switch topics. That's not a bet to make. Yeah. I'd rather go get a six pack. Um, we were talking uh, in the first segment about the Clippers and the Lakers, mainly because, listen, I think, in two, I, actually, we did not. Uh, Talk a ton about the Clippers. So, like uh, Nick, I, I want to get your 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 thoughts here. Right now, they are the succeed. Uh, the West is completely wide open. But, but the, the consistency has not been there in terms of health, in terms of rotations. Uh, first, Nick, then Tim. Your your, your guys' thoughts on the Clippers? Well, the Clippers are an interesting bunch because they can't seem to find rhythm. Like, I think they feel like they're like that old 2 Laker team where they can flip a switch and they can turn it on and turn it off. Right. They're not as talented as that old 2 Laker team or even, you know, the 96 Bulls where they felt like they could turn it on and turn it off. At By the time. way, we're comparing them to championship teams there, so that's a with, high high compliment. With a few Hall of Famers. No, no, no. I'm not saying as far as teams that have been able to flip that switch right. and been able yeah. to be I'm not. I, no, no, no. I would never disrespect that Laker or that those Bulls teams sure. at all, ever. Um, you know that's just not how it goes. But I think with that, they, they, they've got to find some sort of rhythm and some sort of consistency. You can't have guys in and out of the lineup. We know Kawhi's situation. You've been you've been knowing Kawhi's situation ever since he got this, so that's no longer an excuse. Paul George has got to step it up. He's got to get healthy, and he's got to remain healthy. And you've got to get guys that are going to be in your rotation. This is a, we talked about how deep this Clipper team has been in the beginning portions of the season and how much anticipation we've had for this Clipper team to be successful and to do great things in the playoffs and make a strong playoff push coming out of the West. Um, but they have not. They have, been, they have fallen at this point, have fallen below expectations. They have been suspect. Uh, you know, ever since. And so when you look at this Clipper team, they got to remain healthy. They got to be able to play long enough together to see exactly what you have going into the playoffs because the all-star break is coming up in a few weeks. Uh, excuse me, in, a, in, a, yeah, in about a yeah. month or so. Um, so you've got to really buckle down and say, okay, coming out of the all-star break, what do we have and what don't we have? And they have an honest assessment. Have a come-to-Jesus moment if you're tired of Ron Lou and figure out, what exactly can be done, what can't be done, and then work it out from there. What can be achieved? And I don't think the Clippers have got to, you know, stand in the mirror moment as of yet as it pertains to this team and what this team can really do and can't do. And I think those are the question marks that a lot of even the players have. Even Terry, we heard Terrence Manor a couple of weeks ago talk about, hey, how can we build anything when we don't even play together long enough to build any kind of chemistry. Right. I think you touched on it too with the Tyler Lue come to Jesus moment. I mean, I feel like he needs to understand that when the playoffs happen and if he wants that team to be a competitor in the playoffs, rotations are going to be shorter, right? So like he doesn't have this 10, 15 man bench that he can rely on. It seems like for him, lackadaisically, like that's the attitude where he comes into it thinking like, well, I got so many weapons. Why not just use all of them? It's like at a certain point you have to like refine and then sharpen which weapons are going to be correct. And we've been preaching it, like, everybody here in the studio, and you included, like, what are the rotations going to look like? Why can't we get rotations that are consistent, right? Because it's like, I understand experimenting during the regular season. I get that. And, and I, I, I like the fact that you compared them to, like, two content, like championship teams with Hall of Famers, too, because it seems like this is a team that feels like it's playoffs, and then we turn it on. Yeah. And it's like, well... There's a big if. It's like if you're going to make it first, right? Like yeah. you have to at least provide some sort of reassurance, not just to your fans, but also to your team. Like you, like you mentioned with Man saying, like, what are we going to do when we don't even know who we're well, playing with? This is 
is a make or break year for the Clippers too, because if they don't at least get to the NBA Finals this year, Palmer's going to break that team up as he should, and he's more than likely going to roll with Paul George to lead the brigade moving forward. And the Kawhi experiment will be considered an absolute failure, and you have to consider it that way. Not to say that Kawhi is a failure as a player, but the experiment of pairing those two quality individuals together did not work into your favor. You could not even sniff the draws of the NBA Finals. With all of that talent and all of that depth that you had on this team, especially this year, um, there's really no excuse why the Clippers have fallen short of an NBA Finals appearance. Now, again, if you get to the NBA Finals and you lose out maybe in the sixth game or you know seventh game if you take it there, then that's understandable. You say, okay, what can we do to regroup and upgrade? We'll maybe a piece or two away from actually getting back to compete and, get, and actually bringing down a Larry O'Brien trophy. Now, those are some things to consider. But if they can't even get to the NBA Finals this year, you're going to have to break that team up. Yeah. I mean, it, here's the thing. My, like, I have no issue trading future picks, players, whatnot, if you win a championship. We have two teams in Los Angeles who did that. I have no issue with that. I mean, it, it it's tough to see where the Rams are right now. Sean McVay, players coming and going. They won the Super Bowl. At the end of the day, they can hang that banner. They got that trophy. They got that moment. With the Lakers, the same thing. Listen, they're struggling right now. No future picks, all that stuff. They want to chip. And so with the Clippers, you, you are 100% right, Nick. I mean, they have not even gone to, to the finals. The, the one conference finals they did, Paul George put this team on his back mm-hmm. and g- got them right. there. You know, um, before. Let me, let yeah, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me interject really quick because I want to disagree with one point really quickly. Sure. When you said that you cash in all the, you know, you cash in all the, the picks and the, and, the, and, the, and the chips and get the. Here's the problem with that. The problem is. You notice smart teams and smart organizations play for the macro and not the micro. You look at the Golden State Warriors. When you look at other other organizations and franchises that plan this thing out and say, okay, we can win one, but let's try to go win two. Let's try to build a dynasty. The San Francisco Giants at that moment, when they won that dynasty in baseball, you look at the New York Yankees when they won that back in the 90s when they won those championships and things like that. You got smart organizations that prepare not just for the one chip, but they look and say, okay, how can we continue to be competitive and how can we build a dynasty? And I think that's where the Rams fell short. They cashed in all their chips and say, okay, one is good enough. And they have an incredible smart people in that organization, so they're going to have to figure out a way to bounce back. Same thing with the Lakers. They didn't prepare for a dynasty. They just prepared for just enough to get by. They was on that Tyler of Kwali just to get by. But you and know what? Both, both teams, you though, Nick. Like that. Yeah, but, but both teams did bring back the core of that team. Agree, and, yeah. and, and the problem is the core of that team did not respond. You know, when you look at the Rams this year, and even when they were healthy, right, Nick? I mean, like, they, 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 they brought the majority, the key guys of that group back. The Lakers, the same thing. Now, with the with the Lakers, I think the majority of people thought that's a heck of a quick turnaround. That that season wrapped up in October in Florida, and then they had to come right back around Christmas. Or I mean, it, it was too quick. Um, both teams, though, again, did not think that they would win for the next five years, but they definitely put their teams in position to win that next season. Well, I think, too, you have to, like I said, yeah, you could bring the quarterback, but sometimes bringing a quarterback is not always the answer. Yeah. Sometimes you have to bring a smidget of the quarterback and then add new pieces. You have to upgrade. And the problem, look at the Tampa Bay Bucks. When they won their Super Bowl, what did they do? Did they upgrade? Not at all. They brought everybody back 
maybe added a new kicker or something to that degree, but they never, you know, added new pieces to, hey, you know what? We got to trade this piece. Okay, you know what? We got to put this piece out. Yeah, we love you. Thank you for your service. It's been real. There's a lovely party and gifts for you, but you got to go. We got to upgrade because every team is going to be better this coming year. They're going to gun for us. We got a target on our back now. So we got to defend the best way we know how. And like I said, that's why I used to go to State Warriors as an example because when the Warriors would start winning championships, what did they do? Yeah, they kept the core, Clay, Steph, Draymond, but they also were able to facilitate out and be like, okay, you know what? We're going to add this piece here. We're going to add that piece there. We're going to add this piece. Okay, we're going to add this assistant coach to this coach to our coaching staff. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. So Bob Myers understood the assignment. Look, we can't keep entire or majority of the core together because that's not realistic. We're not going to compete and, 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 be, and win championships that way. We have to blend it in and we have to make sure that we remain competitive because he understood every team is going to get better because we are now the standard for every team in the National Basketball Association. And so that's what teams have got to understand. You are, and I think the Rams didn't understand that assignment fully. Yeah. They didn't understand they are now the standard for the NFL everybody's going to be gunning for them. They were used to being the hunters, but they were not used to being the hunted. And that's why they fell short in addition to injuries, unfortunately. You're 100% right, Nick. We're going to let you go. We, we know you are a very busy man. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much. Um, listen, let's let's continue that real, real quick. I mean, I think with both of those situations, they won a championship. They put that that team together to win that that, that chip. And they really thought that that they like goaded to that group to run it back again. The yeah, Rams. I, I think that- a lot of this is revisionist history to the point where like people that are, were, were saying like, "Oh, the Rams are bad. Rams are this and that." Most people in the preseason, I would say, like most people that were analyzing the game, they didn't think the Rams were not going to be a playoff team. That first game of the season was viewed at as as a potential Super Bowl exactly. preview. Right, so right, yeah, right. I mean, again, you they basically brought the key guys back. Mm-hmm. Now certain guys left or whatever. Von Miller, right. but even Von Miller, Bobby Wagner got signed. Odell Beckham, and Odell Beckham, and then they got um, yeah, they, they got like Allen Allen. I know Robinson now, back, like but. Odell Beckham didn't leave; he just got hurt, and right. we knew that he was probably going to be out for the entire season so listen the the one thing that i don't like though is that lakers team should not have been broken up as quickly as they were because the majority of people that i talked to said that that is too quick of a turnaround from from that championship in october to the following season they said no team that was in florida that got to to the conference finals was gonna compete that following year and they didn't you 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 look at the teams that been in the finals: the Lakers, the Heat, the Celtics, the Nuggets. None of those teams competed or, or were past went past the first round the following year. So, um, I mean, it's just like it's, we praise Westbrook now, but that trade legitimately like almost destroyed whatever core you want to oh, consider. Ter- I mean, like Kuzma, fans, Kuzma's so important to that team. By the way, fans get super excited now if they hear you know Caruso might come back or Kuzma yeah, come back. Yeah, like, yeah. They were going to come back. You had them already. You, you yeah. had them. Uh, anyways, all right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying face. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.